Awards talk is all Suns fans seem to be able to talk about right now. I'll tell you why one award sticks out more than any other in terms of the Suns earning the respect and reasonably getting the respect that we all think they deserve coming up on today's episode of Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a contributor at suns.com as well as Dime Magazine and a credentialed media member covering these Phoenix Suns for the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen today and every day. We are on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel and help us grow. We are on every podcast platform where you can do the same. So scroll down, hit that subscribe button. You do not want to miss a thing. The playoffs are just around the corner. And awards talk is heating up, and that's what we're here to do today. The show today, guys, brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from throughout NBA history by signing up today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. More from them later in the show. So we've been talking about awards ad nauseum in the Valley this week and this month, it feels like, basically ever since Chris Paul went down with the thumb fracture and Devin Booker took his game to another level, and rightly so, and I've been chronicling that conversation every day here on the show. We don't know what will happen there. We don't know what will happen with Mikhail Bridges and his Defensive Player of the Year candidacy. We don't even know what might happen with All-NBA. But what I can tell you for sure, and the award that matters to me the most, well, those are good to have be one and the same. The one that I want is the one that I think will happen, and that is Coach of the Year. If you look right now, the most recent odds uh, from the sportsbook that actually posts thorough odds, it's surprisingly difficult to find NBA Coach of the Year odds. The top five, I'll read. And it's not surprising. And there's a pretty these these five are ahead of the pack. These are definitely the leaders. And I think one of them is definitely going to win. I think it's truly uh, a two or three man race here. But Ime Udoka from Boston plus fifteen hundred. J.B. Bickerstaff from the Cleveland Cavaliers plus one thousand. Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies plus eight hundred. Eric Spolstra Miami Heat plus seven hundred. And Knock on wood here, get every sort of voodoo thing going the right direction that you need it to because Monty Williams is minus 2,000. He is the runaway favorite, not even close. Nobody else in the ballpark for the NBA Coach of the Year race as it stands right now. And I think it's Monty, Spolstra, or Jenkins. Bickerstaff, I think, deserves a heap of credit because he has been fired a bunch of times. This is his third job, and he's still a young guy, and he's been good everywhere he's gone and keeps getting fired, so getting some success under his belt with the Cavs and building a program that he can help grow, I think, is impressive, but they've fallen. They're they're not too high in the standings. Ime Udoka with the Celtics, I just think you have to do it for the whole year, and he flipped the switch, the team flipped the switch, and has been incredible for a few months now, but the beginning, things were really ugly, and people wondered if he might get fired, and that can't be your coach of the year. Monty and Spo are 
basically the two top seeds. We'll see if that actually holds. It might be Udoka who gets the top seed. It might be Doc Rivers who gets the top seed in the East, but it was one and one for the majority of the season. And Taylor Jenkins, I mean, what else do you need to say? That team jumped incredibly high in the standings from where they were. They're good on both ends of the floor. They win with or without John Morant. But I think it's almost, well, the numbers say it's an easy call that Monty Williams should be the favorite here. He, I, I had a little love letter to Monty in, in the recap show yesterday talking about the Sixers game where the ability of this team to craft a game plan and execute it moment to moment, game to game is unlike anything I can really remember seeing. I'm not saying this is the best coaching job in the history of the NBA, but that particular part of it in terms of what are our rules going to be in order to beat this team and how can we put them in place in a way that they are replicable, easy to follow, and put our players in position to succeed. I mean, game planning is almost a lost art in the NBA. You hear so many coaches complaining about the schedule and they don't practice anymore and players are in and out of the lineup more than they used to be, etc., That has not stopped Monty Williams. Now, yes, the Suns have had a fair bit of continuity. They haven't had a major, major injury where a player is out for the season or anything like that, but it doesn't feel like there's been a ton of games where all of the Suns' top eight or so players have really been in there, and yet Monty finds a way to get it done. He also should be given a ton of credit for those players even being as good as they are. He's developed players, obviously career seasons from just about everybody, Booker, Ayton, Bridges, Johnson, All four of those guys have taken considerable steps forward. Chris Paul continues to be excellent despite losing, you know, a little bit of his athleticism and he's not as aggressive and yet he still is one of the more valuable players in the entire league. Somebody who I could see getting MVP votes and, you know, just weathering the storm of this season, I do think matters a good deal as well. The Robert Sarver thing, the investigation looming over all of this for some ghastly accusations. We have DeAndre Ayton in the contract extension that that wasn't, right? All of these things make Monty's performance this year one of the most remarkable things of this entire Sun season and the thing that I think deserves to be rewarded above all else because if you're going to pick nits in MVP candidacies for Devin Booker or Defensive Player of the Year for Bridges, MVP for Paul, All-NBA First Team for Booker or for Paul, all of these holes that get poked in those guys' arguments tend to come back to, well, they are set up to succeed so much because of the depth, which we don't even need to get into executive of the year. I don't think guys usually win that twice in a row, so I probably will say that James Jones will not be the one to get it. I don't know if he should. They didn't really do a whole ton in the summer. They ran it back mostly, but that's one part. The team is so deep. The team is so talented and so versatile that these players should be knocked So the argument goes in the individual awards races. And the other part is that they are so well-coached, they are such a well-oiled machine that, let's say, what Booker does in terms of degree of difficulty, in terms of the level of responsibility that he's tasked with, all that stuff doesn't hold up to the Jokic's and the Embiid's of the world. Well, if that's the case, then at some point you have to turn around and say, well, who gets the credit? If this is such this fairy tale, incredible season, somebody has to get the credit. And that's why I come back to Monty Williams. Sounds like, seems like awards voters are leaning that way as well. At least the odds book seem to believe they will. And we obviously know last year was a crime. Tom Thibodeau, uh, the vindication of 
Monty being the rightful 2021 NBA Coach of the Year is already here uh, in, in very plain, easy terms. We know Monty's award should have come last year, and I think that plays a part here too. The, the, the NBA voters will not screw that up two times. The Suns and Monty himself have given them no chance but to put that respect back where it rightly goes. Tom Thibodeau, by the way, not even in the list. He's not even posted. Plus 100,000 is as far as this thing goes. Nate McMillan has odds to be the coach of the year, and the Hawks have been horrible compared to what they were last year, and yet Thibodeau can't even crack that list. So that should tell you all you need to know, and I think voters will get it right. Here is the final part of why that matters, why I think it's such a lock, because this Suns team has been compared over and over by me and by other people to the 2013-2014 San Antonio Spurs. That year, you did not see much in the way of individual awards for Spurs players, but what you did see was Greg Popovich winning NBA Coach of the Year. I'll break down the eerie similarities between that team's awards recognition and this one. But first, guys, today's show is brought to you by NBA Top Shot, the newest sponsor here, and my favorite way to get in on NBA fandom. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. You can connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe with NBA Top Shot and build your collection with your favorite moments from this season as well as throughout NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading card, part stock market, part fantasy sports, all with a built-in loyalty program on top of it. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of grading, shoeboxes, or binders, and their 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace lets you scroll through all of your favorite players and teams, find the moment you've been looking for, and buy it in a couple of clicks. We hear all the time, why would I buy something that I could watch on YouTube or just get for free? And for those people, it's not about watching that highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. And owning NBA Top Shot moments can get you access to unbuyable, once-in-a-lifetime, real-life experiences such as Game 5 of the NBA Finals. That's right, right in our backyard, Suns fans, we saw a NBA Top Shot get-together at Game 5 of the Finals. If you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way to start is getting yourself a starter pack. You can pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron or KD or star rookies like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley starting at just $9. Head over to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to start building your collection today. Today's show also brought to you by Truebill. Have you ever wondered why free trials renew without your consent? Well, it's not that hard to guess. It's greedy corporations trying to pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or maybe even just forgot about. Companies love to make it hard to cancel, but Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. It'll say, hey, you haven't used this app in a while. You're actually still paying for this. You really want to be doing that? And you say, no. And then you say, thank you, Truebill. Your, con- your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel those subscriptions. Keep track of them so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users who have saved over $100 million combined. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash NBA could save you thousands per year. The 2013-14 San Antonio Spurs, everyone will remember as the team that blitzed through the NBA and won a title after Ray Allen's shot in 2013. 20- 
in the 2013 Finals. This is the team that blew through the Miami Heat in five games and ended LeBron's tenure in Miami. We saw actually a surprisingly difficult first-round series against the Mavs, but after that five-game win in the second round by these Spurs, a six-game conference finals victory over the Thunder, and then that five-game NBA finals win. This was, of course, Tim Duncan's final championship. This was a season where the Spurs really were not in doubt at any point. They were 62-20. and They were first by a good bit in net rating. A season very much like this one that the Suns are currently going through. Just cream of the crop, the class of the league, no doubt about it, right? Well, you go through, I'm on the All-NBA, I'm on the awards page, the season summary page here on Basketball Reference. Most valuable player that season, Kevin Durant. Defensive player of the year, Joakim Noah, who also was in the MVP discussion. Most improved player was one Goran Dragic of the Phoenix Suns, sixth man of the year, former Phoenix Sun, Jamal Crawford. What you will notice there is there is not one single Phoenix or San Antonio Spur to be found. You also, surprisingly, if you work backwards here, the only presence of a Spur on the defense teams, the all-defensive teams, is Kawhi Leonard on the second team, which I get he was young. He did win finals MVP this season. Uh, but was early in his career, still just feels crazy that Kawhi would be second-team All-NBA defense when he's healthy at any point. But most surprisingly, beyond any of that, is the All-NBA teams. So, of course, you know the characters here. Tim Duncan, who was near the end. Manu Ginobili, also near the end. You had Kawhi Leonard, who was very early. And then you had Tony Parker, who was right at the tail end of his prime. This was one of the more fun player stretches that I personally ever cheered for this late career Tony Parker once Suns fans didn't have to care anymore about rooting against him uh, and, and they were not competitive that much anymore it was fun I loved watching those Tony Parker seasons he was one of the all NBA guards second team second team guard with Steph Curry who was early in his rise Chris Paul was actually first team James Harden was first team, and then third team was Dragic, as you will remember, and then Damian Lillard. But that second team appearance for Tony Parker was the only spur on any All-NBA team. So you did not have Kawhi Leonard in there. You did not have Tim Duncan or Manu Ginobili because they were not playing a ton of minutes, but they also were not as productive. So basically you go one second team All-Defense, one second-team All-NBA, and that's it. This incredible last-dance Spurs season was only represented in the you know, history books of the NBA with those two achievements and Greg Popovich as Coach of the Year. And so I say again, and this is why I'm increasingly sure that Monty will win this, and that it may be the only way that the Suns are, one of the only ways the Suns are represented in the awards voting here. I think that they will get probably both Booker and Paul in All-NBA. Much deserved, but I don't think, I think the ship has completely sailed. There's no DeAndre Ayton All-NBA. There's no Mikhail Bridges All-NBA. Those, those are not going to happen. You will get a Mikhail Bridges All-Defense, I believe first team, but if not, then second team. That will be it. 
you're not getting Devin Booker for MVP. I just don't think that's happening. You look at any odds, you look at any real thorough breakdowns. He is definitely going to be a player who gets votes. He may finish fourth when it is all said and done, but he's not going to win that award. Mikael Bridges, unlikely to win Defensive Player of the Year. Just big men are going to have an advantage there. Most improved player, maybe Cam Johnson, if he's at the level he was at post-All-Star break all season. Maybe you get it, but not going to happen. And obviously no Rookie of the Year candidates for the Suns. So this is how the NBA voters award this type of season. A season that they don't know what to make of, that no one player is the leader of necessarily. That is how voters tend to reward this, is they say the coach gets the credit, right? The coach gets the credit. You put this group of players together in a way that made them greater than the sum of their parts. We won't award the players because we don't know how to quantify what they're doing. We don't know how to, how to, how to give an accolade to somebody who is just part of this juggernaut playing their role and playing so few minutes because of so many blowouts. We don't know what to do with that, but we know what to do when we see a team that plays together at an elite level. And that's to say, good job to the coach. So, We won't maybe see the awards we want given to the Suns at the end of the season. We we might not know how to contextualize some of this. And I say we not about anyone listening here, but about how we as NBA fans do this stuff. But we will be able to give it to Monty Williams. I want to close out with a few thoughts about this um, upcoming stretch of games for the Suns. What... I could reasonably see happening here um, because they're getting to a stretch that's going to be a test and then they might already be pretty early to the sitting players thing. Uh, We'll have to see. We'll talk about that in just a second. First though, guys, today's show brought to you by Rock Auto. With so many makes and models out there, it's pretty difficult, if not impossible, to walk into your local chain auto parts store to get everything that you need. So why endure pointless questioning Frustrate yourself while the person behind the computer orders the parts online and gets it delivered to the warehouse. Then you have to go pick it up and you might have to pay for shipping. No, skip all those steps. Go straight to the source, rockauto.com, where you can save time and money. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. They keep prices reliably low. They're not going to nickel and dime you based on the fact that you're not ordering in bulk or that you're not a licensed this or licensed technician that you're going to get the same price as everybody else and it's going to be low and it's going to be simple all you have to do is type in the car that you have scroll down to the part that you need click purchase and it's at your door within days so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Closing out the show, looking ahead in the Sun schedule, I will not continue on the awards talk thing too, too much because, look, the bottom line is, the part that I maybe didn't emphasize enough there is that the Spurs got the title. That was what that season was about. And I think the other similarity there, aside from the team aspect of it and the coach getting awarded, is that 
the sun, that Spurs season was so driven by a thirst to get revenge, basically. And it was it just so happened that it ended up being the Heat again. But that season was all about getting what they couldn't get done done. They lost to the Ray Allen shot and LeBron game seven and didn't get a title, but they did it the next season. And I don't think anybody cared about the awards. It's not to say Booker doesn't care, Bridges doesn't care, Paul doesn't care about getting an award this season, but I think that's what this team is all about as well. And I think you guys would agree. So with that in mind, we do have a long way to go before we're talking about a title or anything close to that. And in the meantime, we also have a few more interesting regular season games. Wednesday, of course, is the Warriors. In Golden State, in Oakland, or in San Francisco, rather, now, of course, big game. No Steph, but you want to win that one. You want to win it because it's going to be win number 62, tying the record. You want to win it because it's another benchmark game. Yeah, there's no Steph, but that team needs to know that you can beat them. Like, that's a message game. That's a, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. We're going to have our foot on the gas. I don't care if Steph is playing. We're going to serve you up a reminder that you're going to lose to us in the playoffs, right? That's the kind of thing you want to use that game to say. Friday is Memphis, at Memphis. And that one is similar. I mean, it might not have John Morant. I actually think it's probably safe to say it won't have any John Morant. But this team has really had the Suns number for both of the past two seasons. They have been a team where... When, when, when so few other groups around the league have any chance of beating the Suns, one seeds, playoff teams, anybody, somehow the Grizzlies have stolen a few from them in really competitive games. So I don't think you can expect anything less than uh, a competitive night. And that's obviously huge because that's also the night when you could clinch the win record for the franchise. I think that one is actually when you want to root for it to happen because... Let's say they drop one of the Warriors or the Grizzlies and they win the other one. Then you're setting yourself up to set the record in Oklahoma City on a Sunday night, Sunday evening, really. It'll be uh, 4 o'clock Arizona time. Um, doesn't matter where. It would be so satisfying to have it happen against the Lakers at home on April 5th, but I really just don't see the Suns losing two out of the three of Warriors-Grizzlies-Thunder, considering that Thunder game is just such an easy win. My guess is, honestly, that they beat Golden State and Memphis in a row here, extend the winning streak to 10, and get that record on Friday night, on April Fool's Day, um, in Memphis. That's, that's my guess. So what that ends up being is you have at Thunder, which is a perfect game to start resting your players. You also have a game, the finale at home on Sunday, April 10th against the Kings. That would be an easy game. You might even still win it without your best players. But then you also in here have a home game against the Lakers and then road games against the Clippers, which could be your first round opponent. And then the Jazz on the road as well, which is a, you know, benchmark type of game. It could be your second round opponent. We also obviously know that the Suns hate to not be competitive. They're not the type of team that takes opportunities to roll over or give people an out. At the same time, I'm going back and forth here. Obviously, you have the Chris Paul injury rehab situation. I don't know the status of that injury. I don't know if it's something that can be 
damaged again or if he's good to go. I, I truly don't know the answer to that. I don't know if anybody really outside of that building could say one way or the other. But if there's a reason to keep him out and that might help heal it or keep it in a good condition, well, maybe you want to do that. So I guess I, I'm saying I don't know. But there's too many competitive opportunities here for a full-scale benching players. I don't think we will see that. If they do get the franchise win record this Friday in Memphis with a win there, I think you will start to see some strategic resting. And I don't even mean benching for full games, but minute minute manipulation, if you want to call it that. We don't know when Lundberg is going to come here, the two-way player that they signed. If there's a chance that he gets in, he doesn't get to play in the playoffs. He's not eligible to play in the playoffs, and so the Suns might want to get to see him a little bit, or maybe they just made that deal expecting to get him in time for the offseason and and into next season. Maybe he'll play summer league. I don't know, but there's too many reasons to try to win, but there's also enough evidence here that it's worth playing things a little bit cool. You'll also remember the the final two games, I believe, of last year, the Suns sat their guys, so they're they're not immune to it. Depends on how much that Jazz game matters. Do you want to have some tape against the Jazz? You did just lose to them on the 27th of February without Chris Paul. Do you want to see what it looks like at full strength? Does that matter? Does it matter against the Clippers? What if well, Paul George looks like he's coming back? What if it's an opportunity to go head-to-head against the Paul George Clippers and see what that feels like? I think Monty will be strategic. I think there will be opportunities against the Thunder, against the Lakers, against the Kings, where it'll probably be a relatively winnable, manageable game where you can rest guys. But I also think you want to you wanna keep your pedal to the metal and you want to go into the playoffs strong. So that's sort of what I think. Clinch the game, clinch the record this Friday in the game against the Grizzlies. Starting with Oklahoma City, some strategic resting. Maybe you get up for the Clippers and the Jazz because you want to see what those games look like. And then that Kings game at home on the 10th. I mean, it sucks that it's at home. It sucks that fans are not going to get the best show that they can. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the B team for a lot of Alfred Payton, a lot of Ish Wainwright, a lot of maybe, uh, I don't know, Bismack Biombo. That'll be that type of thing. And then the weekend after guys, we are, we are right here, playoff time and uh, an opportunity to get those Spurs comparisons even more close to reality with another chase for a repeat, uh, in the finals. So Told you guys to knock on wood a while ago. We don't need to do it again, but that's that. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody. I will be back with you tomorrow, potentially with Aaron Edwards. I'm not sure when we will get his visit in here. I'll probably have some deeper thoughts on the Warriors game, the Warriors matchup, how the injury situation is affecting that team. We'll get to all of that throughout the week. Thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Now go make Locked On NBA your second listen to get caught up on everything you missed around the league on Monday night.